is it truly the will of God for believers to be prosperous and rich? Or is it just a big plan from American preachers to choke out money from the church? We began talking about this a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to dive into the topic of biblical prosperity. And as I've said these past two weeks, that this is a topic that will really stir up the hornet's nest. And a lot of people have very strong feelings about this subject. But I wanted to answer the question and actually show you whether or not this belief system is truly biblical or if it's just an Americanized load of garbage. And we began talking about, we've talked about a couple things. We've talked about the curse of poverty last week and how poverty is not a blessing, but it goes directly against the nature of God. And God, his nature is to provide for his people. And we see that in the life of Isaac and Abraham and the blessing of Abraham. We see it through Elijah and the widow. We see it many times in scripture that God is a provider. We see it through Israel, through their journey through the wilderness. God provided for his people. And poverty goes against his nature. We also talked about how believers can walk in prosperity and persecution at the same time. Because some people will say, you know, well, I don't believe in prosperity because then that goes against what the Bible talks about suffering. And all those people who believe in that prosperity gospel don't believe in suffering. And they think they're just going to walk through this life without suffering. But that's not the case. And I showed you through scripture that they can coexist. You can walk in the blessing of the Lord. You can walk in the prosperity of the Lord. And at the same time, still deal with persecution for your faith. Persecution for the gospel. They can coexist at the same time. And today, what I wanted to get into was the topic of the love of money. Because another objection to this topic is people will say, well, I don't believe in that prosperity gospel stuff because Paul warned against it and Jesus warned against it. What about it's easier for a camel to enter the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into heaven? What about that? What about the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil? And I want to show you through scripture today, through both of those stories, that they weren't warning against prosperity. And you have to understand this because people think that prosperity is hardwired. The prosperity of God is just hardwired for you to fail and become selfish and become covetous and take your eyes off God. That's not the case. And let me just say this, because when people bring up that argument, that is not a problem with money itself. That's a problem with the person's heart. If somebody gets loaded with money and gets loaded with finances and they become selfish and they heap it unto themselves and they don't use it to advance the kingdom of God, that is not a problem that the money brought. That's a problem that the money exposed. It was a problem that was already there. And it's a heart problem. This is what you have to understand. Those things are not in the money. Those things are in a man's heart. You have to understand that. It's a heart problem. So people turn around and throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, nope, I ain't dealing with that money stuff. I ain't dealing with that prosperity stuff because I've seen so-and-so get that and turn extremely selfish. That was a problem with the person's heart. And that's why you have to understand that if you're going to walk in the prosperity of God, 
If you're going to walk in the blessing of the Lord, you have to make sure your heart is right. Because God is not going to bless somebody whose heart is messed up. And somebody who's going to take the money and be selfish and run away with it. You're not going to walk in it. You're not going to walk in that. And it's going to run out fast. Because it's the, it's the wrong purpose of it. If you're going to walk in the blessing of the Lord, you better make sure that you use it for its intended purpose. Advance the kingdom of God. Help the needy. Do what Jesus said to do with it. But you have to understand that's the purpose of it. Your needs will be supplied. Your needs will be met. You won't be struggling. You won't even be in lack. Praise God. But uh, along with that, you will be able to be a blessing to others. You'll be able to use that to advance the kingdom of God. And if you have that at the forefront of your mind, and if that is your driving force to walk in the prosperity of God, you will never turn into a selfish person. You will never hoard money unto yourself. You will never heap it all unto yourself and never use it for anybody else. You'll never do that because you're like, nope, I'm advancing the kingdom of God. I'm finding every opportunity to advance the kingdom of God. I'm finding every opportunity to fulfill the commands of God. You'll never fall into the trap of the enemy. Amen. So let's start in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I'm going to start in verse 2. And I think I'm only going to be able to get to the, get through this story. I want to draw your attention to what Paul says in this chapter and also the story of the rich man in Jesus. But I think I'm only going to be able to get through this one today and then I'll pick it back up next week. But let's start in verse two. Paul says, teach these things, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. Some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly life. Verse 4, anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Now watch this. Because people bring up this chapter to go against prosperity. And they say people who believe in prosperity, people who believe in that prosperity gospel stuff, dismiss what Paul had to say in this chapter. But let me show you something. Paul's talking about a certain group of people here. And he's not talking about somebody who is just rich. This is what I want I want to show you. He is talking about somebody who number 1 who trusts in their money. Their full trust and their dependence is in their money. That was the same problem that the rich man had in Mark 10. He trusted in his money. And therefore, he wasn't able to follow the Lord properly because all his trust was in his money. So he's talking about those who trust in their money. And number two, watch what he says. Verse five, those who use godliness as a way to become wealthy. There's a specific group of people. So those who put their trust in their money and those who use godliness as a way to become wealthy. Not those who are just wealthy. 
So that's a group of people who, as I said earlier, have a problem with their heart. They trust in their money and they think that the gospel is a big money-making scheme. That's not the case. And that's, let me tell you something, just because you believe in biblical prosperity does not believe, mean you believe in people who pimp out the gospel for their own personal gain. I don't believe in that. And we've seen it time and time again over the years, preachers who come on the scene and use the gospel just as a way to get money for themselves. And they don't care about the advancement of the kingdom of God. We've seen that time and time again. And these are the group of people that Paul is talking about. People who use godliness as a way to become wealthy. People who pimp out the gifts of the spirit for personal gain. People who pimp out the supernatural as a way to get money. We've seen that time and time again. People who come on the scene, I'm prophet so-and-so, and I operate in word of knowledge and prophecy. And people flock to their meetings to get a word. Sit on the front row. I've been in services like that before where big name prophets who are not really on the scene anymore show up and they run services and people come in and they sit and they fight each other to sit on the front row. I actually was in a service one time where a very, it was a very prominent prophet a couple of years ago, very prominent. And you don't really hear much about this, this person anymore. And I remember in the middle of the service, a lady walked in through the back door and she walked all the, in the middle of the service while he's preaching. She walked down the aisle, the middle aisle and walked extremely slow and was walking, looking like she was trying to find a seat. And she was going through the pews, coming out like a snake, just going through, coming out, going the other way, zigzagging, slithering through the pews and looking at the prophet. Like he was going to look at her and be like, oh, hey, lady, the, the Lord has a word for you. It don't work like that. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So people would flock to their meetings and they want a word. And some of these people would use their gifts as a way to get money out the people. That's a person who has a problem with their heart. And that's the type of person that Paul is warning against. And he's warning Timothy against those people who are pimping out the gospel and godliness as a way to become wealthy. Watch those people. Those people have problems. And then he says something in verse 6. He says, but true godliness with contentment is great wealth. So watch this. He's like, it's stupid for people to run after wealth and trust in their money and Put all their efforts into just becoming rich and wealthy because you don't understand that when you're godly and you have godly contentment, you're already wealthy. You're already full of wealth. And let me tell you something. When we believe in prosperity, we're not sitting here dismissing what we have. We're not sitting here being ungrateful for the things that the Lord has given us because we just want more. That's a problem. No. I am thankful for what God has given me. I am content with everything that God has given me. The Apostle Paul talked about that. He said, I know how to abound and I know how to be content with little. That's what you need first and foremost so you don't fall into the trap of pursuing and having the un- and going after money with ungodly intentions. I'm content, I'm thankful, and I'm grateful 
for all the things that the Lord has given me. Many people don't have clothing. Many people do not have food to eat. Many people don't have the basic necessities of life. But first and foremost, I thank God that I have that. That, that's, that's how you have to look at things first and foremost, even before you begin to obtain the prosperity of God. I am thankful for all the things that the Lord has blessed me with right now. And when you take that stance, you won't fall into the trap of the love of money. You won't go and engage in the ungodly pursuit of money because there's no way. My heart can't be corrupt. My heart can't be messed up because my focus is is in the right place. Let's move on. Verse 7. He said, After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich, watch this, people who long to be rich, not people who are rich. Understand that. People who long to be rich, their sole desire in life is to be rich. They will not stop until they're rich. They will not stop and they will pursue this thing until they have a million dollars in their bank account. They will not stop until they have seven figures in their bank account. Until then, I ain't stopping. That's a problematic person right there. People who long to be rich, what will happen with them? They fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, verse 10, is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money, watch that, have wandered from the true faith and have pierced themselves with many sorrows. So understand that. He said those who long to be rich, number one, fall into temptation, and they're trapped by foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. And this person, who, this person has a love of money. And if they crave money, they have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So now, why should I be a person who's firstly content? Why should I be a person who's content? Because if I'm content, I won't have the love of money. I won't engage in the ungodly pursuit of money and therefore plunge my life into destruction and ruin. You understand that? People who end up pimping out the gospel for their own personal gain, people who end up mishandling prosperity and the blessing of the Lord are people who have that problem in their heart. They love money. They crave money. Their desire is not for the kingdom of God to be advanced and to fulfill the commands of God, but their desire is to gain personally. That's their desire. Their desire is just to be rich for themselves. That's a problem. And that's a person that you have to make sure you don't become. And if you have that mindset and you operate in that way, you're on a path for destruction. And you've wandered from the true faith. That's what the Bible says. So therefore, that's why you should be content because you won't fall into that trap. You won't fall into that trap. And it keeps you from becoming a covetous person. You wonder how people can become so covetous. They have their own stuff. And every time somebody else has something better than them, they're looking over and they're trying to find a way to get it. That's a problem. And that's actually one of the Ten Commandments. You shouldn't covet. 
You should not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, something of another, something that somebody else has. You want it. That's covetousness. And that is the type of person that you have to make sure you don't become. And if you're content and you're thankful and you're grateful unto God for what you have, then you won't fall into that trap. But I want you to understand something. Just because you're content, just because you're content and you're thankful and you're grateful does not mean that it's wrong to pursue more. It doesn't mean that you're wrong for going after everything that God has for you. It is not wrong for you to be in a certain financial position right now and say, you know what? I want to do more for the kingdom of God. I want to become a kingdom financier. I want to be able to pay for an evangelist's crusades. That's not a problem because it's not covetousness. You're not coveting. You're not trying to get personal gain from it. Your mindset and your goal is the advancement of the kingdom of God. The advancement of the gospel. That's why anybody who wants to become a kingdom financier, God ain't looking down on you saying you just need to be content with food and clothing. No, because your heart is in the right place. You want to see the kingdom of God advance. You want to see many people saved. And you understand that that takes finances and it takes a lot of it. So you want to be blessed so that you can help others with it. That is the right mindset. And God doesn't look down on you and say, well, my word said you better just be content with food and clothing. No, no, you are content. But because you have the right mindset and the right goal, God could give you more and God could bless you. That's a different person. I want you to understand that. That though Paul is warning against the potential problems that could come from money, he's saying that if you're content, you're not covetousness, If you're not coveting, guess what? You won't fall into that trap. Now, I want to jump down to verse 17. And let's go there. Verse 17. Watch what Paul says. He says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Now stop right there. He says, tell those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is unreliable, but instead put their trust in God who gives richly all we need for our enjoyment. I want you to see that right there. He says, don't trust in money. Do not trust in riches. Because it's unreliable. And if you put your trust in it, the end will always be destruction and ruin for your life. However, if you put your trust in the Lord, he's a provider. And he knows how to richly supply you with everything that you need for your enjoyment. Understand that. People run after riches. They run after money. They run after these things so that they can be able to have a good life and not be impoverished. But if you run after those things and you trust in those things, the end will always be ruined. You will never get to where you want to be. But he said, listen here, God has a better way. And if you put your trust in him, he knows how to supply for you. He knows how to supply for you abundantly. He knows how to supply all your needs. 
without the destruction, without the ruin, without the mess, without the craziness. He knows how to supply for you because his name is Jehovah Jireh. So put your trust in him. Don't put your trust in your money. Don't put your trust in your finances. Put your trust in him and he will abundantly supply for you. Amen. You will be abundantly supplied for when you put your trust in the Lord. That's what I want you to understand. So don't fall into the love of money. Don't engage in the ungodly pursuit of money. It won't lead you anywhere and it will mess you up. But instead, put your trust in the Lord. Follow after him. Follow after his commands. And you can be assured that the Lord is Jehovah Jireh. He's El Shaddai. He knows how to provide for you. And he will. And everything that you're trying to obtain in the flesh when you run after money, he will give that to you. And he will give it to you richly. So from this day forward, you'll become a person who does not have the love of money. You don't trust in riches, but your full trust is in the Lord. And your mindset is not on, how can I get rich? How can I get more so I can heap it onto myself? But your mindset is, how can I advance the kingdom of God? And when you do that, God will bless you abundantly. And when you get that blessing, you'll use it to advance his kingdom. You'll use it to push forward the work of the Lord. And great things will come from that. In Jesus' name. What's up, everybody? It's Marlon Benjamin, and I want to challenge you to consider becoming a partner with this ministry today. You know, our partners commit to praying for us continuously, and they connect their finances to this ministry on a monthly basis. You know, God has allowed us to preach some powerful services over this past year, and we have seen God demonstrate his power in mighty ways, and we have seen people get saved and come into the kingdom of God. We've also been able to expand the reach of the gospel through YouTube, the podcast, and I'm saved, now what? Which helps us connect to those who are being saved through our online ministry and get them on the path of righteousness and help them begin their walk with Christ. We last year, we just connected ourselves and became partners with Lester Summerall's Feed the Hungry. And we are providing meals to those who are in need on a monthly basis. So I want you to consider, perfectly consider, becoming a partner of this ministry today. You can click the link in the description or go to marlinbenjamin.net, hit the Give Now page, and go to the partnership page. And you can see what we're doing and become a partner today. Thank you so much and God bless you.